This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing about some of the stuff you're going to hear in this week's podcast. It's funny, isn't it, Kelly? <laughs> Bit. Catherine? <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Anyway, thanks for listening and downloading. Feel free to leave a comment on iTunes and stuff. Hey, here's a caller to my show called Leilu. Hi, Ian. Is there anything that you feel you could contribute to the show this morning? Um, well, I was just testing the phones, to be honest. Oh. Um, <laughs> just, just gonna... I don't think I was planning to contribute anything. Uh, maybe a song... A joke? It's <laughs> a, 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 a mime? Um, no, I'm not that talented. Can you sing? No. Um, could you do Shakespeare? Do you know Shakespeare? Not very well. Impressions? Um, I tell, I tell you what, do you know, are you aware of our presenter, Justin Dealey? Um, yes, I listen to him all the time. Could you do, maybe you could, you could try and do a, a, a JD impression for us. <laughs> No, I think I could do a JVS, actually. Oh, away you go. OK, this is Lolo in Hemel, uh, Hemel doing a, a JVS impression. Away you go. This is Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Call me at nine o'clock to discuss, um, um, well, anything, really. Uh, Lolo, thank you very much indeed. That was, that was, uh, that was, I put him on the spot, and let's just say he responded. And here's Dennis Soz. Last night, just for a fraction of a second, we saw pictures of you on BBC One. Oh, yes. advertising something. Oh. And I thought... Hang on a second, hang on a second. I was advertising what? God knows, I don't know. I was looking at you, I thought you were fascinating. The BBC have spent, and I can, I can reveal this figure, uh, £370,000 on that advert. Yes. Um, or somewhere between £1 and £370,000. I'm not quite sure of the exact figures. Uh, and yet you saw it and you don't know what it was for? No, I was fascinated by you. I shouted to my wife, come and have a look at this idiot. But she, she didn't get there in time. She, so I've had my... Kept up. Here, Wynne! Come and have a look at this blooming idiot on the telly. Wynne! Wynne! <laughs> Will you get it? Oh, he's gone now, Wynne, you silly old fool. Exactly. That was exactly what I said, yes. But she's given me... Get some. my dinner, Wynne! Get it now! She'd give me earache. Wait, I've fallen on the floor! Come and pick me up, Win. <laughs> yes, Dennis. Right. But I looked at You're talking about moustaches. It's an advert for this show. Is it? Good. Well, I shall watch it in the future. <sighs> now then, you, you're asking about uh, whether you should wear moustaches. Yes. I reckon that if you get Poirot's moustache, that queerly little thing, yes. which has now been given to the actor who played it, is given it to him as a gift... Ask him, to, could you borrow it and stick it on? I think you'd look great. People would pay a fortune to come and laugh at you. OK. I bet back in your day when you were a young man, back in the 1800s, you had a little spivvy moustache, didn't you? No, L- I didn't. little pencil I thing. To grow, I, tr- I was in the Navy at the time, and you can't grow one or the other. You've got to grow the full set. Yes. So I tried to grow the full set, thinking it was going to be blonde. Unfortunately, it turned out white. Oh, <laughs> even though... Even at an early age, I was going wide. Dennis, the music music is starting. That means um, w- w- the time is up. Would you like to introduce Gloria by Laura Branigan? No. OK. A while ago, I was sent the new Chaz and Dave single. That's what happens when two worlds collide. 
Well, John and Milton Keynes called in and he loved it. So I gave him my copy. I'm nice like that. And I got bored of it after three plays. Well, he called back in the week with a little bit of feedback and gave me some comps. Uh, well, you you previously sent me the cover version of um, the uh, Chas and the new Chas and Dave. Oh, the new the new Chas and Dave song, which is a great record. Yeah. That's what happens <laughs> when two worlds collide. <laughs> that one. Yeah, we no, sent you the uh, single, didn't we? I've already thanked you for, uh, for that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Uh, the complete CD is now being released. Oh. Uh, I bought that uh, during, during the week, and it is absolutely first class. You've bought their really. brand new album because we sent you the, the, the single. That's fantastic. You is sent it in the single? Is it good? It is. The, the new album is fantastic. Um, it's sort of country western type theme. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And it's great stuff. Oh, well, uh, John, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. I'm, I'm pleased that it made you to uh, kind of go out and uh, buy. Have you got the album there with you? I have, and I've put it... Uh, it's, it's ready to go, and I've put on what I think is probably... Well, it, not the best track, or it certainly appeals to me, and here we go. It's exciting, isn't it? It's like, it's like being on the radio. Oh, hang on. Have you started it, John? I think here we go. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, blimey. Hang on. Press play. Right, OK. Sounds like he's using our studio equipment. Oh, hmm. What, what's going on? I don't know. Uh, bear oh, with me. Hang on a second. All right, no worries. It's fine. <clears throat> BBC Three Counties Radio. Johnny Milton Keynes. Looking in for so, somebody. It must be my uh, my player. What have you what have, what have you done, John? I, you, can you bear with me? Well, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah, in no, in a rush. <clears throat> this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. Waiting for John and Milton Keynes to play us a track from the new Chaz and Dave album. I finish at nine o'clock this morning, John. John? He's gone. Ian, it's not working. I'll have to ring you on another day. John, disappointing for everybody involved, but we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Okay. Hope you fix your CD player. Wow. Local and indeed not so vocal. I would say there. Thank you, John. Well, that's disappointing for many reasons. John called back. He said he had managed to get his stereo working. But did he? Well, I've told you he did. But did he? Yes. Ah, but did he? Find out after JVS whistles along to the proclaimers. So, back to John. I've told you he got his stereo working already, but did he actually get his stereo working? Was I lying to you? Did we hear some new Chaz and Dave? Yes, we do, but do we? Find out after this from Justin Dealey. I'm now in the urinal section. Back to John. 525,600 minutes. Back to John. 525,600 minutes. But now... 
Really back to John. I think uh, I am just about ready to go now. Oh, oh, we're going to have another go. We're going to have another go. OK, so let's just set the scene for those that have just tuned in. This is from... Oh. This is a track from the new Chaz and Dave album. song like this. I think there's some law about this. And also, let's be honest, why would we want him to? Quality's awful. Catherine, I don't know what to do. John! 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 Can't hear you over the din. It's not a din, it's a good song, all right? It's loud, though. It is very... But his neighbours are loving it. Yeah, I, in some ways I wish he'd not been able to get the CD player to work. It's the instrumental break. John! 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 Do you think he's doing a dance? <laughs> he's doing a jig. John! Oh, for goodness. I mean, why would anyone... He's left the phone by the speaker then and gone off. Well, maybe he's collapsed. This is why we've got to wait till the end. If, if the next track comes on, we're going to call 999 and yeah, send them round. Fair enough. You listen to BBC Three Counties Radio. I can only apologise. You wouldn't get this on heart. We've got nothing else, though. We have got nothing else, so we might as well... That's uh... strictly true. Oh. We've got Stephen Bletchley. Shall I get him? Put Stephen Bletchley on. He can shout at John. John! 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 Oh, for goodness sakes. Why would anyone think this was a good idea? If we thought this was a good idea, we would have discussed this in programme meetings. John! Is it actually a song? Um, it's a, yes. Hang on a second, here we go. John! Steve, can you shout at John? <coughs> Steve! Hello. Can you shout at John? <laughs> Go on. John! John! Show <laughs> your life out! <laughs> John! Be yourself. Hang on a second, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. Here he comes. J- John! Well, how's about that then? How's about that then, pot pickers? Steve's on the line. Steve, what did you make of that? Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Mate, <laughs> hang on a second, stay there. We've got, we've got another caller who wants to, uh, to, to come on. I'm, I'm thinking maybe... Are you free about this time every day, John? Uh, yeah, more than that. We could, we could make this our album of the week. Dave's in Luton. Dave, you want to speak to John? Yeah, John! Where are you? Yeah, hello, hello, Dave. Right, mate. That was a, that was a nice piece of sound, mate. Yeah, it's, Dave. Uh, in my opinion, it's uh, probably the... Uh, I mean, they're all good tracks, but uh, that, it, that's, it, that's my favourite, quite honestly, yeah. Have you ever met them? No, I haven't. You want to meet them, mate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I have. Very good people. Oh, down right. to earth. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, down to earth. Uh, you know, not like a person that bars me from the radio all the time. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the yeah. fella that's banned, aren't you, Dave? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, John, I appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, OK. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want to hear the rest of it at some time... Yeah. <laughs> not all of this podcast is toilet.
but this bit is. Uh, now, Justin, you have been spending your time hanging out in men's toilets, and we thought, well, listen, maybe we can we can use this to our advantage. So we asked you the next time you did that to take a microphone yes. with you. It's worked. And you did. I did. I did indeed. Why have you been looking into toilets? Well, at Dunstable Town Council, uh, they are celebrating because uh, the public toilets <laughs> in Ashton Square, they have been awarded a platinum rating in the Lou oh. of the Year Awards 2013. Fan- fantastic. Now, that's awarded only to exceptional toilets. Uh, these toilets, I did a bit of a tour earlier on, four cubicles, nine urinals, four sinks, two mirrors, a dryer and no smell. Come on in. What more would you want from a public toilet? I like the smell of a dirty public toilet. There's something about it, the bleach and urine combined. Come on, you can't be serious. No, there's something earthy about it. Oh, you're so strange. What? So so strange. It's grounding. It keeps me humble. Mm. Now, uh, these toilets themselves, uh, they are judged on a few things. Uh, Signage, very important, of course. Uh, Maintenance, fixtures and fittings, cleanliness, security and management. As I mentioned, I did my tour earlier on. Ian, I've been hanging around these toilets, speaking to men and getting their views on just how good they are. Here's what happened. Happened. Okay. Good experience? Well, I don't go into a toilet to have an experience. It was okay. John, how was the experience for you in here? Very good. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Great feedback, thank right. you. Who are you working for? I work for Ian Lee. Who's he? You know Ian Lee? No. A bit awkward. Um, can you score the toilets out of ten for me? Well, it's, it's ten out of ten, come on. I'm a, a window cleaner. Oh, are you? I only use that every day. If you didn't use them toilets, would you miss them? Yes. Almost like a friend to you? Yeah. Hi, sir. I'm from uh, Ian Lee Show, BBC Three Counties Radio. You've just walked into an award-winning toilet. Would you describe this as an award-winning toilet? Oh, well, I don't like all this. I want to call it, um, silicon. Ah, right. But I could have made a better job of it, actually. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a... Uh, it's a lovely toilet, boys. One of the best around here, actually. Yeah. Believe it or not. Is it the sort of thing that you go and tell your friends about? Go and use that toilet. It's particularly good. Oh yeah, definitely. Shall I let you crack on? Shall I let you go to the toilet now? Yes. Thank you. Right, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Hey, so you just come in here. Uh, would you describe this toilet as award-winning? Uh, not bad. You look a bit confused that I've even mentioned this toilet and award-winning in the same sentence. Every time I come in, it stinks, but but not today. Well, it it's not. It could smell better. So, so you don't seem very happy with your experience. You, you say it's not that good in here. Well, it isn't. Look at the floor. Bits all over the floor. Look at these. These holes. What's all this up here? Do you think they should uh, take the award back off them? I should think they should review their um, reward awards. Hey, Rich, come on. How great is it in here? Um, I don't think. I think you might have been sarcastic when you said that. No, no, no. It's just one an exceptional award. Average loo. So what? What would make it an exceptional loo then? What make it exceptional? Yeah, I mean, if it's average. If I to be picky, yeah, I'd probably say um, better flooring or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Better flooring. I guess it'd probably be better. Are you a toilet snob? No, not at all. <laughs> 
What's a toilet snob, Just? Well, probably somebody like um, like that man there. You know, he goes into a public toilet. It's just won a national award, huge yeah. recognition, and there he is running down the floor. Who does he think he is? Now, I also spoke to Gary, who cleans the toilets. Uh, he was a very happy man. His top tip for toilet attendants is to keep on top of things, and I also asked him how he would be celebrating. He said to me he'll be celebrating with a nice cup of tea. Hey, Catherine, did I tell you I won an award the other day for doing wicked interviews with people? Really? You never mentioned it. Well, would you like to hear another feisty interview? Uh, I'll leave it to be honest. No. Oh, yeah. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Healthier together. Do you remember that? NHS bosses were looking to reorganise services across Bedfordshire, Milton Keynes and Northamptonshire with the promise of treating more people at home or in the community. Oh, and downgrading some hospitals. Well, they've ditched those plans after a review, which we've discovered cost more than £2 million. And now it seems they're about to launch a new one, this time focusing on Bedfordshire alone. Well, Diana Blackman is uh, uh, Chief Executive of Healthwatch Central Bedfordshire, which represents the views of people in the area. Diana, £2 million is a, it's a waste of money, isn't it? No, I don't think it's a waste of money. I think all engagement or consultation is extremely important for local people because how else are local people supposed to give their views or their opinions on how health services are to be delivered in their area unless you engage or consult? But nothing was published. It was put into the long grass. It, it, what's, what's been done? With, where's all that money gone? Well, you would have to ask the Healthier Together programme well, no, where you, that can, money's gone. How can you defend the Healthier Together programme if there is no evidence of where that money's gone? I'm not actually defending the programme. I'm saying that all engagement or consultation is to be valued if it enables people to give their voice. And but that voice isn't being heard because nothing's been published. Well, I understand that the Healthier Together website is still up and running and you can still download the reports and the data that was produced from those reviews. Two million pounds, Diana. Why isn't that being spent on, I don't know, a hospital or a GP's or on nurses? Why is it being spent on things like this? It would be very difficult to say, and that question you would have to put to the uh, Department of Health well, or the Secretary Diana, you, of State. You seem to not know very much about it, yet you, you are, you are uh, defending the costs of the review. So what exactly are you defending then? I'm saying that any review that gives local people a voice is to be welcome. Who's heard that voice? I would imagine the Department of Health and the Secretary of State have been looking at the report. And how has that voice been acted upon? I don't know. You would have to ask oh, the Healthy well, Together programme. Can, can you answer any of these questions about this thing that you're, you're saying is a good idea? I'm not necessarily saying it's a good idea. I'm saying that it's a good idea to consult with people. But you don't, know, you, don't know who's, you don't know who's listened to it. You don't know uh, what's being done with that information. So surely it's not always a good idea to consult with people if nothing's done with that information and money is just thrown away. Of course it's a good idea to consult with people. Oh, how else Diana. are you going to know how people will um, want the services that are being provided Diana, in their local area? Diana, you don't know who's listening to that. You don't know what's being done with that. As far as you're concerned, no-one's listened and nothing's been done with it. So how is that a good idea? Well, you would have to ask the Healthier Together oh. programme 
It's, you know, you, you can only say that these reviews are very important. So you're defending something that you don't know what the outcome was, you don't know what the results were, you don't know where the money's gone, and, and, and you're defending that. I'm defending the fact that engagement and consultation is a good idea and listening to people is a good idea. Where that information goes, you would have to ask the Healthier Together programme. I just wonder how you can defend... Yes, it's good to talk to people, but if no-one's listening to those answers, no-one's doing anything with that information, well, then it's a waste of everyone's time and money, isn't it? Obviously. As I said, the information is available on their website for anybody to review. Well, yeah. well, and so I'm sure that you the read latest it. review that they're doing... I have read it. I have it in front well, then, of me. Then, then, OK, fine. Then maybe you can tell me what it says that's, that's so positive, that's been so useful, that's been worth spending that much money on. It tells you all the... There's loads of data there about the, the different hospitals. Give me and some. The, Give me some of the data. OK. For example, they asked questionnaires about did they have any views or comments and the information they'd read in the Healthier Together review of local health services. Um, there's, there's actually loads of questions okay, here. OK, what were some of the answers? What were some of the answers? Some of the, the responses include, um, for example, 49% of people at Kettering General Hospital said that um, they uh, welcomed uh, this review and oh. said that um, they, they wanted to keep the hospital. So 49% of people in a, in a review that costs two, two million quid said they that's welcomed just, the review. That's just one example. But I'm we don't know if anybody's you. acting on that information, do we? Well, you would have to ask them no, where they I, sent no, no, that no. information. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying we don't know if that information's being acted upon, do we? And if well, it's not being acted upon, that is by definition surely a waste of money. I'm sure you would have to ask them that question. That would be impossible for me to say. I don't work for them, and I've no idea where that information has gone, but you would have to ask them. But then why are you saying... available for people to view. <laughs> oh, Diana. And the thing is, there's going to be another review that's probably going to cost a few million. Is that a good, good spend of money? Well, you have to understand that any um, consultation oh, Diana, or review you've said costs that six money. Times you can't do. You can't ask people what they want. But why are we asking? Money. Why are we asking people what we want? Why don't we invest the money in making hospitals better? Why are we spending millions of pounds asking people whether they think it's a good idea to have this review? That seems a complete waste of money. I don't think any consultation or engagement is a waste of money um, because. How, how else are you going to find out what local people want? And it's better for people to have a say than no say at all. OK, let's focus on Bedfordshire. What, what do, do local people want in Bedfordshire? Local people in Bedfordshire want a local hospital. They want an A&E service. They want children's services. I could have to- told you that. Service. I could have told you that and I wouldn't, I'd have charged you a tenner. And that would have been overcharging. It doesn't cost you two million to find that out, does it? I, I would imagine not, but it's, it's entirely down to the people that are conducting that survey or, or conducting that consultation. I'm sure they're all conscious of the budget that they have, but, but you have to talk to local people and you have to Doesn't find out... Does it cost out... you £2 million? Do you, do, just in conclusion, I'm, I'm very confused and frustrated by this, but we'll, we'll, we'll persevere. Do you think the £2 million was, was well spent? That really would be difficult for me to well, what say. What do you think? Do you think, it was, do you think it was a good £2 million for that it survey depends, you've got there? It depends, because you've got to look at the, 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 wider, the, the wider picture here. For example, um, you know, the money was spent on a very wide area. Okay. But do you think it was, it was good value for money? It would depend on the um, outcome of the review. And, when are, we and, getting, and when are we getting the outcome of the review? You would have to ask them.
And what would be a good outcome for you to go, yeah, that £2 million was well spent? That you listen to the voice of local people and what they were saying. Well, Diana... uh, Diana Blackman, uh, Chief Executive of Healthwatch Central Bedfordshire. Wow. Later on in the podcast, you'll hear yet another feisty interview. That's right, two feisty interviews, one podcast, wonderful bargain. In the meantime, here's my impression of etiquette expert William Hansen talking about moustaches. Wearing a novelty moustache is really not advisable, especially if you have a serious job. I'm yet to see a man who looks better for growing the moustache, and I think a lot of men enjoy it, and I do as it means they can save time shaving in the morning. And he is William Hansen. That's absolute slander. I don't sound like that at all, Ian. You're right, you're a little bit more nasal. Now... <laughs> Get you tongue with a tang. <laughs> It's a fair summary of your views, though, isn't it? It's in the Times, for goodness sake, William. What on earth are you banging on about? Yeah, well, the Telegraph, actually. But, but yes, it's in the Telegraph. Thank you. Um, and uh, and that's that just my views. It does... I mean, November... You know, it is a, I must stress, and I cannot stress this enough, so please nobody phone in and, and get across on this point. It is a very worthy cause. However, there are other ways that you can make money and raise awareness for it than looking a little bit silly for, for a whole month. Now, listen, I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the fence in this one because I, d- I do get annoyed when the, the email goes around work. Hey, I'm doing Movember. Hey, I'm doing the marathon. Hey, I'm doing this. C- can you spare a few quid? Oh, dear. But but someone who feels very strongly about this is our reporter, Justin Dealey. Uh, Justin, you're, you're through mm. to William Hanson. Hanson, you are an absolute disgrace, aren't you? What are you talking How- about, Hanson? How dare you? And you can call me your majesty rather than Hanson. Thank Please. you very much. But you're talking absolute rubbish. No, it's not rubbish at all. It's, it's, it's my opinion, and actually I think anyone in their right mind will know that actually some stupid handlebar moustache, when you're, you go and see your lawyer and suddenly he's got a stupid handlebar moustache for the whole month of November, it's, it's not necessarily a smart look. I think he'd treat you with more respect. Well, no, I, I absolutely... I, rubbish. William is, William, is part of the problem, and I, please don't take this as a personal critique, uh, is part of the problem the fact that you, you, you have bum fluff, you can't grow <laughs> facial hair? How rude. I actually, my stubble and, you know, beard area would, it grows very, very quickly, and I can, you know, this morning when I've shaved, even by five o'clock, it'll look like I haven't shaved, because I've got so much testosterone in me, it, will, it grows very, very quickly. But I, you know, I don't want to look like one of the village people, and so that's why I shave every day. OK, well, listen, Justin, you've been out speaking uh, to people in Harpenden. What have they had to say? Yes, uh, most people um, think that um, Hanson is talking rubbish. Uh, here's what people had to say. Terry, how long have you had a tash for? Uh, two months. How does it feel to have one? Warm. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't change? No, no. Because William Hanson, the etiquette expert, is yeah. saying that people like you, who have a moustache, yeah. when you go into work, you're not taken seriously... In your experience, what's happened since you've had this tash? Uh, oh, opposite, really. Uh, people actually come out and speak to me more. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Uh, where I had a younger-looking face, mm. people didn't really take me that seriously. Now I look older, people take me more seriously. And um, just lastly, is that your partner behind us? <laughs> that there? is, yes. She's not listening? <laughs> no. How does she like it? Uh, she loves it. She, she loves it. She, I showed it off once and she wanted me to grow it back now obsessed yes <laughs> Terry we like you thank you so much for your time appreciate that's right, it that's right thank you. so you agree with William Hansen's views can you tell us why uh, I just think my stashes are out of date so if you went into work today you think you wouldn't be taken seriously probably not Graham if you don't mind me asking what do you do for a living I'm an accountant ok so what do you think would happen if you turned up this month and you had a tash do you think you'd still be taken seriously yes 
You think you would do? Yeah. Because it's Movember, are you tempted to grow one? Uh, I can't. Look at that. Hopeless. <laughs> Absolutely hopeless. It's really? a football match, 11 aside. So you try before then? <laughs> I can't grow. I just, I just haven't got enough facial hair. Mm. You do, all right. So some people, William, actually agreeing with you. Well, you know, it's, it's been said before. It's sometimes I say things that people agree with. And I'm, you know, I'm very pleased that that, that one gentleman in your in your quite biased piece um, <laughs> actually did uh, agree with me, and you know he will go far in life. Justin William mm. does have a point, doesn't he? That, that that people do look ridiculous with moustaches. If you if you want to to grow a moustache for November and you've got a sensible job, mm. why not just write them a check for fifty quid or a hundred quid? It it, it 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 does look silly, doesn't Come it? On, it's the taking part of the counts. You know, this month everyone knows about this month. It's in its tenth year. It raises millions of pounds for a fantastic course and do you know what it's fun when people go into work and and they're growing their tash people look at it every single day they may give more as the month goes on that's what it's all about it's about fun hansen come on yes but at the end of the day you have a serious job to do i mean okay yes you lot are in the in the media so it's all a bit you know lovely and it's fine perhaps Sorry. over there well, but well. but but in, in, in a serious job, you know, something like, you know, where you have to wear a suit into the office... Well, to an accountant there. He said to me, as an accountant, if I went into work and I had a tash, people would still take me seriously. He's an accountant. You can't get more serious than that, can you? Well, you know, there's going to be an exception that, that proves the rule. Um, but it's, it's, it's... I mean, the people that have moustaches 24-7 is perhaps, you know, you, you are used to it. But all of a sudden, all these people that suddenly think, oh, I can't be bothered to shave for a month, so let's call it Movember and suddenly they've got a moustache, and that is when it looks ridiculous. Ian, can we take this man out? Show him a good time. Oh, sorry, what is happening? <laughs> Come on, let's take him out, show him life. Uh, I, I, listen, you, if what you two want to arrange on your own private time is up to you. Justin Dealey, thank you very much. Indeed. Here's me and my team talking... Why are we introducing it bit, each bit with here's this and here's that? That's very lazy. You can say something else. Catherine? This is me and my team. Thanks. This is me and my team talking about how we could scam a ticket instructor on a train. All you need is an evil twin. I always get really nervous when the ticket inspectors come round on trains. I mean, on trains a lot recently, and I always get quite nervous. And I can never find my ticket. Um, got it here, so And I start feeling guilty. It's like when there's a police car behind you. I get that kind of kind of guilt vibe going on. I don't, I don't know... Do you get that, Catherine? Yeah, a bit. The, the, the kind of... The guilts... Yeah, and I feel like uh, I know where my ticket is, but I have to double-check, triple-check as they're coming down the carriage. Mm. Well, I don't, well, I don't like They did this to me the last time I was coming back from Manchester. They woke me up. I was on a lovely dose, two-hour, 15-minute train journey. I was on a lovely dose, and I was getting, getting the prod. It's the old scam, though, isn't it? They either go to the loo or pretend to be asleep. No, the old, the, well, the, a better scam is if you go on with your twin. Right. Only one of you buys a ticket. Yeah. So you, you, you go to one of the, the twin A, let's call uh, him or her, well, helpful if they're the same gender as you. Yeah, let's call him. Let's let's call, let's forget. Let's start with Twin X. Twin X goes to the toilet. Mm -hmm. Twin uh, Z, d forget why. That's a long, complicated story. Twin Z is uh, in the seat. Hang on a second. Is Twin Z Which the good twin or the evil twin? That was Twin Y. That makes him a triplet. Uh, forget triplets. Right. So twin one goes to the toilet. Twin That's the two. Evil twin. Yes. Twin two sits on the seat. Twin two's got the ticket. Um, shows it to the ticket person. The woman knocks on the door for twin one. Twin one comes out and says, "Oh, you've. Oh, I've seen your ticket already. Thanks very much indeed. Hang on a minute. You're twins. What if she doesn't remember? What if she doesn't remember the face? Well, then you're in a whole heap of trouble. The, the plan is flawed. Luckily, I don't have a twin, so I've not been. A, if anyone's done that, I think you have to make a big deal of it. What so if that they would remember you. Yeah. He checks the ticket, then you, you pass it to your 
your twin, and then he. Well, there's no point. There's no point in having a twin, then, is there? Yeah, because if it's if you've got a travel card, then you've both got the same face on the. You wouldn't, but no, but this is. I mean, forget travel cards for a minute. That's right. that's a subgenre. Well, maybe we'll talk about that after eight. Can't I'm, wait. I'm talking specifically about tickets that have got no identification. The orange stripey. The, the orange stripey ones. Oh. Your plan doesn't require twins. You could be different. Uh, people. Not genres. Uh, people. Genders. Genders. Could be different genders mm. for that one to work. Are we really talking about this? I'm just trying to think. I've got the twin thing wrong somewhere. You haven't got a twin. That's where you've got it. That is one of the flaws. Thanks for that. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a better way. I'm not condoning that behaviour, by the way. Not in any way is that uh, being condoned. Very naughty. <laughs> Police academies and toilets. I know, I know, I know. Uh, we had uh, the Hutt Police and Crime Commissioner, uh, David Lloyd, coming in earlier on in the show. And he was telling me about his plans to uh, to start a citizens' police academy, which will teach residents how to how and when to intervene in crime situations, and offer short, sharp training sessions that would give people the skills to keep themselves and their neighbours safe. I'm assuming that means karate, doesn't it? Albert's in Kettering. Good morning, Albert. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. What do you reckon to this? Well, I'm, I'm facing the axe from my job at the moment. Oh, I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, it's, it's, I've, I've spoken to you before in the past. But basically, I, I work in meat, um, and I okay. I, you're the, you remind us what you do in meat. Yeah, do you remember? I, I, I put well, basically, the public call them meat nappies, but I, I put the, the nappies on the meat. Yeah. But it's, they're basically replacing me with a machine. Yeah. Because um, a machine can knock out two thousand meat nappies in an hour, yeah. and I can do a little a little bit less than yeah. that. How many can you do in an hour? for so they're going to replace me so i heard david on the radio so david lloyd and me and my friends were so i don't think he's i don't think he's been knighted yet it's not sir david not Not yet no it's on his list of things to do he should get a knighthood for sure i think the man's a visionary we're going to quit our jobs we're going to become volunteers and i think we're perfect for this police academy there's five of us right and we're all going to do it um, even one of us is even a female. Um, she's very, she's very short. She's got a very high pitched voice. I've got a friend who's huge. He's very quiet, but he's unbelievably strong. And then there's another friend who does all sorts of silly voices. He, he does like sounds of helicopters and stuff with his, with his voice. And then there's me. I'm like the Joker. And there's another guy. He's into guns. He's a bit odd. So we're going to, we're going to sign up. And we're going to become volunteers, and we're going to patrol our neighbourhood. So you'll and we're be going to show. You'll be like citizens, citizens on patrol, I guess. Exactly. That's exactly what we're going to be. In. Yeah. Well, that's very, very noble of you. Uh, do, do you think that all of you? I mean, the the the, the, the lady you talked about has got the high pitched voice. Really? Do you think she could cope in a high stress situation? It's very funny because she's very, very timid. But when you push her too far, she goes ballistic. She's like a bomb. You wouldn't want to go near her. Well, it's great that you're you're volunteering to to do this, Albert. And I'm I'm sure you'll you'll have some uh, some fantastic adventures in, in the uh, the police academy. I'm looking forward to it and protecting our area and our people because that's what it's about, Ian. It's yeah. about people stepping up. Stepping up to the mark. Well, Albert, listen, uh, th- th- I'm glad you've turned a negative into a positive, and thank you very much for letting me know about that. You're very welcome. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what can I do for you? The chappy that you were just talking about, the police academy or the citizens academy. That was uh, Albert, who is very sadly losing his job working in meat, uh, but him and his friends have decided to take it on the chin, turn a negative into a positive, and they're going to uh, volunteer for this citizens' police academy that David Lloyd is hoping to set up. 
but did you realise that the people that he described were people that were in the police academy films? Huh? Officer Ito, who was the big, strong guy. Yeah. You had the guy who was mad on guns. Right. You had the little black lady who had the high-pitched voice. Now, he didn't say that his friend was black. Well, I know, but I'm oh, just saying there was right. a, there was a female. Right, ah. I'm not being racist. There was a female. No, look, she, she was black. Yes, it's a good film. Okay, there was also Jones who made all the helicopter noises and the uh, machine noises. Oh yeah. And then there was the comedian guy who was the one that uh, picked on the sergeant. Well, it, so it, there were five was people. St- Mahoney, of course. Well, that Mahoney. would. Well, if that's I hadn't made the connection, but if that's the case, then then surely Albert and his friends friends will be perfect for a police academy. Ah. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> nice one. I hadn't made that connection. Glenn, thank you very much indeed for pointing that out. I hadn't ma- That's a coincidence, isn't it? It's, it's got to be a coincidence, Catherine. Uh... Yeah, and they've got some great skills. Always need to be able to make a helicopter sound effect. Or machine gun fire. Criminals <laughs> are very easy to fool. Yeah, they are. Well, that's, thank you, Glenn, for that. I hadn't made that connection. Did anyone else make that connection? We get many calls to the show. Some new, some regular, some highly irregular. Like Steve. About the, um, was it, the, the bloke that threatened to set fire to himself and <coughs> his ex-missus. Yes. I mean, surely it must be pretty demoralising for the police to arrest him and then and he gets sentenced up two and a half years. He should be strung up or set alight himself. It's disgusting. What a sentence. Two and a half years, on the face of it, would seem to be a paltry uh, amount, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes, of course it is. But, we, but you, you, I know your tongue is in your cheek when you're saying we should set fire to him ourselves. Well, why not? He deserves it. He's, he's tortured that woman for... How many months or years, anyway, yeah. mentally and everything else, and then you go and do that? Nah, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, but, but Steve, we, we, we live. Luckily, thank God for us, we live in a, a civilized society where setting yeah. fire to criminals is, is not one of the options that a judge yeah, has. Well, I, I think I think you might talk the crime rate down if you set fire to some of the criminals as well. Would you not think it's a deterrent? Well, then I mean, kind we, of... we live in too much of a puffy society. Steady, Steve. <laughs> steady with your language. It's a category C, but just watch it. Now, uh, the, well, the thing is, you have to have dif- differentiations, don't you? So what, who would you set a light to, Steve? <laughs> Listen, we was on about the sentencing. That, well, let's not miss the point. I'm on about this man who would what you, he's done. Who would you set a light to? The police must be demoralised. A shoplifter? Well, chop his fingers off. OK, so you chop a shoplifter's fingers off. Yeah. Would you set yeah. fire to a car thief? Uh, I don't know. No, let me think about that. I'll lock him in there and throw some gas cylinders in there and, and let him suffer for a couple of hours and then let him out. Wow. Teach him a lesson. You send them to prison, it's like an holiday camp. You know, when we're paying for it, it's our money. We should throw the justice out. The justice system is a failure. And the police must get naffed off because they're just doing the work. They're trying to do the job. And then when the criminals get to court, they give them pittance. And what's the point? And it's our taxpayers that's running the police force. And another waste a load of money. Anyway, on that note, I'm off. All right. Well, that's Stephen Bletchley with uh, some some rather extreme views. Part of me would like to think his tongue was in his cheek, but the majority of me knows it wasn't. <laughs> hey, Catherine, are you ready for feisty interview number two? Can I just have my banana first? <laughs> Here's the interview. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now... 
here's a story. It's emerged that the trust behind hospitals in Watford, St Albans and Hemel Hempstead has a maintenance backlog that'll cost £67 million to fix. Dodgy wiring, asbestos, the potential of Legionnaire's disease, you know, the kind of stuff that will get your average B&B closed down. Now, things must be bad. The West Hearts Trust's been given £16 million of urgent funding from the government and they've hardly, uh, they're hardly made of money these days. Well, Samantha Jones is Chief Executive of the West Hearts Hospital NHS Trust. Samantha, how on earth is this... Happened. Good morning, Ian. We are absolutely delighted to have received this funding. It's absolutely excellent news for our patients, the visitors, and also our staff. What happens um, in any um, building is that you have um, every four to five years you have a review of the buildings, the infrastructure, the maintenance, and the maintenance required to keep them at the standards that we would expect any buildings to have, let alone healthcare buildings. That happened at the um, back end of last year. And that's where the 67 million backlog maintenance um, figure comes from. That was discussed at the public, tr- uh, the public Trust Board. And I think it's fair to say that it hasn't emerged. It's part of a plan. It's there to ensure that we are aware of what we need to do to keep our hospitals, um, which serve very large populations... When are you going to do it, then? ...for the purpose. It's actually over the next six years. So it's not just for this year. It's over the next six years. And where does the other £51 million come from? Um, what we do is, on an, on an annual basis, is that we have £8 million. We spend £4 million a year upgrading um, equipment, as you'd expect us to do, and we spend £4 million a year making sure that we're dealing with the highest risks that we need so to. Four, so, that's eight, so that's £16 million over four years. So uh, roughly, where does the other £30 million come from? What we do is that every year we look at where the highest risks are. We run very old buildings. Many hospitals are, as you, as you know, um, over 40 years old for all three of our hospitals. So what we do is we say, where are the highest risks in accordance with an independent assessment? And that's where we spend our money. This isn't um, something there's a 60, goes... Samantha, there's a £67 million backlog of things that need to be sorted out, ranging from dodgy wiring to asbestos to the potential of Legionnaire's disease. I suggest to you that that is disgusting and people will be concerned about that. Ian, I think it's important that we focus on the good news that we've no, had here. No, Samantha, it's not. I think it's important that we focus on that someone somewhere has messed up big time and that people will be concerned that there is a possibility of asbestos poisoning, of Legionnaire's disease, of electrocuting themselves when they switch on a, a, a light switch. I can understand why you would want to focus on the good thing, that you've been given 16 million quid, but it's a terrible state of affairs. I ask you, refer to the first question I asked, how on earth has this happened? Over um, every year, we look at the maintenance that we require to run public buildings. This isn't um, specific to West Hertfordshire hospitals. To keep any building to the standard, the estate standard that we need to, uh, need to have, there will always be maintenance that's required. Well, why hasn't did, this maintenance been done then? What we did is we looked at, like you are, we are required to do every four to five years, and say, what do we need to do over the next five to six years to keep the buildings at the standard that we expect them to be? And that's what we did at the back end of last year. The 16 million... 67 million? The 16 million that right. we've been given is to deal with the highest risks that we have. So as, um, including um, upgrading our lifts, including the uh, heat, steam and pressure systems. This is a lot of things that people won't see. It's behind the scenes. Legionnaire's disease you won't see either. Asbestos and you won't see exactly, either. Dodgy wiring you won't see either. exactly what we're dealing with 
as part of this 16 million. Surely, I, I, can, I, can I say, it, it sounds a little bit um, uh, ridiculous that hospitals are checked every four or five years. Surely it's, it's... If I ran a huge building that lots of sick people came to, I would be maintaining it as I went along. I would be checking it yes. every year. And we, we check every year. Then what, why have you only established yeah. this after four or five years yeah, and you yeah, only established what, it last year? Yeah, what I said was that we have an independent assessment as we, okay. are, as we are required Well, then, Samantha, if you've been checking it every single year... How has a £67 million backlog been allowed to grow? If you're checking every single year, you would have been aware of that, surely. And we, we are aware of then it. Then how has and it been allowed is, to grow? And that is why every year we spend our £8 million, we spend our £8 million prioritised by and with our clinicians to the areas of the highest risk. The independent assessment is done for every public building, and that's what we've done looking forward over How has a £67 million backlog been allowed to happen. This isn't a case of it being allowed to happen. This isn't a case of something not but, happening. But it's, this, but it's something that hasn't happened because you have a £67 million pound backlog. You can't juggle those figures, Samantha. I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking to. What I'm saying to you is that every five, to, uh, every five years or so, we have an independent assessment. I know. This you're not gas- answering the question. I'm confused. No, I am trying to answer the question. I apologise if um, it's not very clear. We have this independent assessment building on the annual maintenance that we do and that we review. The independent assessment, like every organisation, including the one that I'm sure in the building that you're in, then has a a maintenance programme. Some of it is backlog to get it up to the standard that it requires, and some of it is just doing the day-to-day and the routine. Which you've obviously not been doing. Again, I've got to ask you, Samantha, a £67 million backlog, it would imply, if this has been discovered by the independent uh, 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 investigation, that your own maintenance has not been up to scratch. We review every year. Well, it's not been up to scratch. You've missed £67 million worth of work. That review builds on the £8 million that we spend every year. I think it is important to focus on the excellent news that we've been given additional funding. Samantha, with the greatest of of respect... ..that we submitted. With the greatest respect, I can understand why you would want to focus on the excellent news that the cash-strapped government is giving you £16 million for work you've not carried out. But I and the listeners who use the hospital... Well, would like an answer to this question, I, I think. If you're assessing the hospital every year and spending four million quid on it, how your, your assessments must be flawed to allow a £67 million backlog of maintenance to, to build this up. Isn't a, this isn't a case of allowing a backlog maintenance um, to build okay, up. OK, well, the, 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 a backlog has built up, whether it's been allowed to or not. Your systems of checking every year are flawed. £67 million needs to be found. Eight million pounds a year is what we have and what we are given routinely to deal with. Well, then you're in trouble. If that's all you've got, plus this 16 million, you're in trouble then because you've got to find 67 million. What we do need to do, and this links to as part of our clinical strategy, is ensure that the services that we provide are in buildings that are fit for purpose for the future, in full agreement of that. This is very good news about dealing with the risks that we have. It is great news that we now know that if we come to one of your hospitals, there is a chance that we may catch Legionnaires' disease. That's great news. I think it is important to understand that the money we've been given is because we are dealing with the risks that you identify. This is part of us being open and demonstrating where those risks are and the improvement work that we are actually doing to make sure those risks are minimised to patients. Did any of your annual assessments pick up the risk of Legionnaires' disease? Yes. 
They did. When, when was when was that dealing, first when was that first picked up? That. Year on year for the last few years. How many we years? How many years ago was that. Legionnaires' we, disease recognised as being a possibility? Like any old building, we have that information, and I'm very happy to share it well, with you. Well, uh, then please do. How many years ago was Legionnaires' disease first recognised in your hospitals? Uh, I will get that information for you. But, but Ian. years ago, Ian, what we do every year is that Why? we deal with those risks. I think it is important that you note that the four million pounds that we spend every year on dealing with the high risks for any public building like the ones that we have reduces the risks to patients. If, if Legionnaire's disease was recognised, let's be generous and say four years ago, why wasn't it treated then? It has been treated. It continues to be treated. As I'm sure you are aware, it isn't just something that you can deal with once unless you can have a brand new building, which of course is what we'd all like to have for our healthcare facilities. We deal with it every year. We minimise the risks that we have. It isn't something that goes away just when you deal with it once. Why are other trusts in Hertfordshire better at maintaining their buildings? I think what you'll find is every um, organisation, not just the healthcare organisations, has an independent assessment that's done every year. To get to the standard that we want and um, deserve for our patients that we serve is keeping it at the level that's required. So here, the independent has demonstrated, I am publicly saying these buildings are old. Everybody knows that when you look at the three hospitals that we cover. We want to make sure it's fit for the next six, ten years. And that's what this work is doing. Are you letting things go because of the health campus? Absolutely not, no. You, you're, you're sure about that? Absolutely. We uh, spoke to Sandy Walkington, Liberal Democrat councillor for St Albans and Hearts County Council. There was a big meeting where various uh, heads of, of trusts went along and talked about what was going on. You chose not to go. You sent your PR person. Why was that? Um, actually, what had actually happened was that I'd met with the chair of the scrutiny committee uh, the, the previous uh, week. I'd been through the information with him. I sent three of my senior directors to the meeting because I was required to be at another equally important meeting. At what was the other meeting, meeting if you don't mind me asking? What was that meeting with the Department of Health? OK, so, so but all, all of the other uh, uh, heads could go, but you, you decided that you, you'd send a PR person. And, and, uh, there were three, of sen- three senior directors, including the Director of Finance, the Director with Responsibility for the Estate and the Strategy for this organisation. I had previously met with the Chair of the Scrutiny Committee, taking him through all of this information, including the issues around the backlog maintenance. <laughs> That's it, that's your lot. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to email me, you can do ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. If you download it from iTunes, could you download it from multiple accounts, please? It helps with our numbers, makes me look good. Could you leave nice comments? Could you send emails to the boss of the BBC telling them you think I'm brilliant and that you want me to do uh, the same amount of less work, actually, but for a little bit more money? The same amount of less work? Shut up. You're loved. You'd have to beg them. She says that she just puts a bit of banana in her mouth seductively. Should we end the podcast with some twerking? Yeah, go on then. All right, wait, all of you. Okay. Enjoying this? Oh, dear. Oh, something's just gone where it shouldn't have gone. Ow. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio, and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.